And welcome again to the CXM Experience. I am Brad Kahn, CXO at Sprinkler. And today we are talking about predictions for 2021. So uh, one of my favorite shows is the McLaughlin Group. I talked about that a couple days ago. They always do 2020 um, sort of award show and then 2021 predictions at the end of the year. And so this whole week in kind of a tip of the hat to the McLaughlin Group, I'm going to be doing 2021 predictions. So today I want to talk about the future of work. This is a pretty interesting topic. And we've had this monster disruption with COVID-19. Everyone's working from home. And the question on everyone's mind is, do we all just go back to the office like we were before? Sort of option one. Option two, do we all continue to work from home? Um, Sort of the new... Now that we've all got offices set up, it's just new reality. And option three is there's some sort of blended mix. And I think the other thing that we aren't really talking about very much, and uh, the stimulus bill sort of refers to a little bit, but there's a very significant reality in that a ton of people are out of work and you know, have been out of work for a while and will continue to be out of work for a while. And so in this sort of new reality, it's not just where we're going to be going to work, but you know, who will be working and what's going to happen to all the people, particularly in the service industries and many other industries that may be permanently disrupted, what's going to happen to them and where are they going to go? Um, for example, the hotel industry, the airline industry, there's, you know, many industries that have got permanent levels of disruption that will take years and maybe even decades to recover from. Um, so let's talk a little bit about social norms for a second, because I think that is actually something that is going to change. And then let's get into the future of work. And I, I have potentially a slightly contrarian point of view on this. So, um, social norms, I have long been disgusted maybe, uh, bothered and maybe bothered, bothered by the way that people come into work or appear in public, particularly at theaters and concerts, sick as dogs. You know, people have no business being out of bed, uh, come to these things, coughing and hacking and sneezing and getting everyone else sick around them. And it's been going on for my whole lifetime. And it's ridiculous. I hate it. Uh, I can, you know, trace many things I got sick from to that person I had to sit beside on the plane or that person I had to sit beside at the concert or the theater. And I think that's not going to be acceptable anymore. You know, it. I, I don't understand how it was acceptable before. I think COVID-19 will make face mask wearing uh, acceptable for a long time. I know I'll probably maintain a face mask protocol probably for the rest of my life. Uh, and I'll, I'll enjoy that. And I think that this idea that you can just walk around coughing and hacking and getting other people sick is going to be gone. Um, we've got an awareness of germs and hand washing, which... As appalling as I found it in the early stages, uh, I remember my initial reactions were, what do you mean people weren't washing their hands? (laughs) To, well, I'm glad people are now washing their hands. And uh, let's just keep that up. So that, I think, is going to have an impact on work. Because what it's done is that work, which was becoming more and more office-less and even more cubicle-less, and just, you know, tables of people sort of sitting across them. I think that's going to fundamentally change because there's going to be a liability that companies will have 
that will fundamentally change the way people think about the office, the office environment, and the safety of the office environment. Uh, especially large corporations will be thinking about the safety of their workers and what they're going to be doing to potentially put people at risk in the sort of current office design mantra over the last few years. Um, I think part of the current office design mantra has been to try to squeeze more workers into a smaller space. Now, it's been characterized in different ways. You know, people talk about it as being, you know, creating more collaboration and more connection and, you know, more whatever, uh, camaraderie, et cetera. But at the end of the day, it's squeeze more people into a tighter space. <laughs> and so I think that is going to be um, a broken ideology. The good news slash the new news is it also won't be as necessary because I think companies will go to a blended format where people will work from home and work from the office. I don't think the office goes away, but I do think that the ability to shrink the, the, the footprint of the office will be there because you'll either have a fewer workers or be workers on different shifts. And so the long awaited three or four day work week, I think is finally here. And that allows that footprint reduction to occur without forcing people to work in extremely close quarters. I think what we're going to see the return of is the return of the private office. Um, we're going to see people coming back to individual offices with doors, which quite frankly was the way I started my career and has have, I've had that many times in my career. Um, Bill Gates is a big believer in that actually. Uh, Bill Gates uh, always believed that it was better for his developers to work in a space with doors where they could concentrate and focus. And so if you go to any of the early Microsoft offices, they were all offices and they were all with doors that closed and people could sort of sit and work and think. And, you know, they did some pretty cool stuff in those years. So it's hard to argue with the success of that. And so what you'll see is the return to separated offices um, a continued evolution of collaboration. And I'll talk about that in a second and, uh, fewer days in the office, uh, and fewer sort of general office gatherings that expose people to risk. At the same time, what you're going to see is all these workers who've been released, uh, won't be able to find a new home. There won't be a, a corporate hiring uh, available for them. And so what you'll see is I think a burst of creativity and a burst of entrepreneurship that will be, I think, extremely exciting. It's going to make the twenties a really great decade because whenever you see that sort of, uh, explosion of creativity, um, when that gets unleashed, uh, you see a lot of new wealth get created and people, um, think and do things in different ways than they would have if they're working for someone else. So, They'll, and that, that will create a lot more small companies. A lot of those companies will be virtual. A lot of those companies will be very comfortable in the virtual world now. And they'll be able to pitch and talk to big customers around the world in a virtual way. Yesterday, I talked about conversational commerce. Conversational commerce will actually make it really possible and very easy for smaller companies to have individual interactions with consumers and be able to sell to them around the world in a virtual way, in a very distributed way. So uh, some of these smaller new entrepreneurial startups will be um, less physically bonded than the uh, larger companies. Larger companies will maintain physical presence, 
but um, still reduce their footprints by having fewer workers, but the workers they do have will be in their own offices. So that's how I think all that's going to kind of play out. Collaboration, let's talk about that for a second. So one of the raison d'etre for getting people to work in these extremely close quarters is, hey, I want we want to drive collaboration. Um, what a lot of studies have shown is that when you put people in super close quarters, you actually decrease collaboration, not increase it, which is very interesting. A little bit of counterintuitive, but when I explain it, I think it'll make sense. Um, basically, what they found is that workers who are in extremely close quarters need to find some space. They need to be able to isolate. So they put on headphones, right? They put on headphones, they stare at their computer screen, and they create a personal bubble around themselves. What happens is they actually become more isolated from each other, not less. Um, because in the old days, you know, people got connected at the water cooler or at the lunchroom. Like, there's always moments of connection. But when you went back to your office and shut the door, you could get some work done. So um, I actually think what you're going to see is there's going to be a new drive on collaboration tools. Uh, the recent move uh, to buy Slack by Salesforce, super duper interesting. I think that's a strong indication of uh, the power of that tool. I think Slack's a tool that I use and it's got some great qualities to it. But you're also going to see uh, other platforms start to become really important. One of the things that will be critical in collaboration is to make sure you've got a common data basis for your customer. And the thing that really impairs collaboration in companies is that they've got different customer databases. So, you know, as grad con, I might be in a customer service database. I might be in a marketing database and I might be in a sales database and none of those databases are connected and all of them know different things about me, but none of them know the whole me and none of them know the whole me in terms of my interaction with that company. As we start to see this move to a 360-degree customer profile, what it enables groups to do is that I can dial in to that account and I can see everything that I've done with the company. So I've got a much broader, holistic perspective on how to have a great conversation with Grad uh, or whomever I'm talking to. I'm talking to myself in third person. I think that's a bad sign. Uh, and, so, and so that, and I think there, there have been over many years this idea of a, a customer database, right? And then the, the, the customer, the CDP um, is the initials for it. Um, the, the, C, the customer database platform, that has been something that people have been working on for a long time. The problem with most CDPs is they're not actionable. You end up with all your data in one spot, but you, know, you can't do anything with it. So people tend to ignore them or not use them. And they sort of got, get fallow really quickly. And then they're you know, sort of useless. Um, what has been, I think, one of the interesting things I've seen at Sprinkler with the customers who've used us really well is uh, the customers who use us really well and think of us and use us in a customer experience management context. Uh, what they're doing is they're, one of their outputs, essentially a byproduct of using Sprinkler, is that it is a CDP. And so what that does is that if different groups who are interacting with customers, say all front office um, connected, um, they're all now operating off the same customer profile. And anything that they do goes back to that same customer profile and it's updated. This 360-degree view of the customer and this common customer profile is something that people have been talking about for a long time. Uh, my other prediction is that in addition to the future of work is that we will now see a massive priority placed on getting that customer profile to be one single view. 
this is a, I think, great news for us at Sprinkler because you know, we have been uh, advocating and evangelizing the idea of a single customer profile for a long time. And you know, many people have taken us up on it, but there's just tons of people who are still there waiting to to sort of be on that uh, be on that parade. And I I, I think it's going to make make marketing totally different. I think it's going to revolutionize the way we do things because instead of just having sort of a name and a profile, we'll actually have a name, profile, and actions, and those actions we'll be able to refer to. And so I think we're going to have for probably by the end of 2021, you're going to start seeing some very interesting marketing come out that leverages that and that will essentially be doing two things it's the forces of needing to be great on experience because more people are buying online or with conversational commerce and the need to drive collaboration in the company because the the idea that people sitting at desks are going to somehow collaborate that's been kiboshed and so now there's going to be actual tools in place to do that correctly and but the tools have to be real-time platform tools Slack's great for chatting and stuff like that, but you need to truly collaborate. You're going to need that customer data profile in one spot and you need to be able to take action on whatever that customer says. So you, you need to listen to what the customer's saying. You need to be able to learn from it in aggregate. You need to be able to love your customer by doing what they need when they need it, the moment they need it. So that is today's prediction. And I think it's a pretty cool one. I actually, I think we are entering a golden age for marketing and I would comment that the 1920s were a golden age for marketing as well. Uh, There is a great book called The Man Who Sold America, and it's a story of Albert Lasker and how he created the world's largest agency and became actually one of the richest people in the United States um, by focusing on creative and using that to drive advertising and invent all sorts of new categories. For example, he invented orange juice. Like he was the person that got us to drink orange juice in the morning. So I uh, have a chance to read that book, read that book. But you, you can see the 1920s were an incredibly exciting age. Um, it it uh, generated the very first book on advertising called Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. If you've not read it, it's free and available everywhere. Please read it. Uh, and what will the 2020s bring? I think they're going to bring amazing innovations in marketing. They'll be great for the consumer and be great for the companies that are selling to them as well. And for the CXM experience, I'm Greg Kahn, and I'll see you next time.